0: Welcome into The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world and part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. Remember guys, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com, the best and most local place for all your apparel and gear. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined on The Scoop by Don, Donnie Scoops, Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too
1: much. I had a uh, crazy parent moment. And I know you love hearing about this
0: stuff. Yeah. You can talk about I now hour after.
1: Real quick. I mean, it was just uh, this morning. My, my, so, so as you know, my kids started high school. Big moment. Parents uh, cycle. Anyway. Um, but I guess it didn't hit, hit me until this morning. I had to bring my daughter. She, she left her gym bag, brought it to the school. And as I'm pulling up and walking in and everything, and it suddenly just seeing all the larger humans at the school it just finally kind of hit me like, oh my God, my f- kids go here, especially for someone who goes to high schools throughout the state for a living. Like, you know, I was at Millbrook High School yesterday. It was just kind of a surreal moment for me where I was like, oh my God, my kids are in high school, sort of thing. So, anyway, I know yeah. you don't necessarily understand because of, uh, you know,
0: you're yeah, emotional, emotional me, moment. You- Cut you off there, emotional moment for Don. <laughs> Guys, we have a big show, but first, I want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a five star rating, a quick review. What's and tell up us what with you, Ross? And t- hang on, and tell us what you like about the scoop uh, and all of Inside Carolina's podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and all the podcasts will show up in your feed. And guys, we're sponsored by Giant T-Shirt. We're adding a new sponsor to this show, to a couple of other podcasts, and to our Inside Carolina post game live show, which will air immediately after all UNC football games on. Uh, Inside Carolina's YouTube page, Instagram page, and on uh, Facebook. That is Blue Shark Vodka, and I'm going to talk about them more in the podcast, but Blue Shark Vodka is our new podcast sponsor and kind of sponsor of Inside Carolina's post-game live show, which I'll be doing with Sean Drawn immediately after every UNC game. Guys, let's get into it. Here is our schedule. We have a lot of stuff, but it's kind of all over the board. We're going to talk about Travis Shaw's commitment to UNC, which was um, we haven't talked about it yet. It was two uh, weeks ago. We did an emergency podcast that ran immediately after that commitment. So we're going to get into kind of being there, working that commitment, and, and the what it means for UNC. We're going to talk briefly about what, what remains for UNC in the 2022 class. We're also going to talk about the, the Bishop Sycamore stuff uh, playing uh, IMG. And if you haven't followed that, Don's going to kind of update us on that, kind of Goes along with, with football recruiting and high school football and all that good stuff. We're then going to talk about the team. This is game week, guys. It's going to air. recording on Wednesday morning. This is going to air uh, either later on Wednesday or Thursday. And um, so we're going to talk about the team a little bit. This is going to become more of a, a recruiting podcast, but also a lot of team stuff uh, since I've been kicked off uh, the other Inside Canada podcast. And then Don is going to give us the top five uh, 2023 names to know. Not top
1: we- five. We're just going to give five names cuz we we talked about some a couple weeks ago give five names just to kind of talk about just to kind of get people accustomed to the 2023 class.
0: Okay, I apologize. So stay tuned to that and then we're going to give a little life advice. Our first life life advice segment. Don, how are you feeling? What do you think? Um, I'm excited
1: cuz this, this is a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Um, what do you think about this and what do you think about the the live show after the the game on Friday?
0: yeah i'm pumped um it's a different role for me i am not really covering the game in the traditional sense i'm not gonna be on twitter as much i'm not gonna be in the press box i'm not going to any away games um i'm maybe going to notre dame but i'm gonna be watching the game um in a a fan seat i think or at home or in the office for away games with sean um and john uh, bauman our former intern turned producer who's moved back to chapel hill john's awesome yeah he uh He's still working his real job. He's helping us out with some tech stuff on the producer side. And we're just going to do a live immediate reaction, instant reaction type show uh, with some fan involvement. And it's going to be streamed on YouTube primarily. And then also you can see it on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, we're going to try it out. we got a great sponsor. It's been awesome. And we've done a lot of prep. It's been kind of a lot to prep for this. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're putting a lot of money into the tech, the video, the audio, the lighting. Uh, We're doing it from our studio. And uh, we just want to thank Blue Shark Vodka. And, And honestly, for Buck. Sanders and Ben for all the support with this and, and kind of, uh, giving me the opportunity to, it's what I want to do. I mean, I love podcasting and and, and radio and streaming and stuff. So it's another, do you another love podcasting kind of, with Don? Yeah. My love of podcasting is based on this very niche, niche football recruiting show. So,
1: all right, let me, so for someone, you know, who, who's considering watching on Friday, what, what should they expect? I mean, what, what are you guys going to kind of, present i mean obviously you're going to talk about the game but
0: Mm -hmm. in what way yeah i mean so right when the buzzer sounds on the in the in the numbers hit zero we're gonna plan a little bit and then we're gonna go live five minutes in so i'm gonna just intro it and just get initial thoughts from me and, and from sean um and then go into kind of what it means what's the what's the win mean what's the loss means we're gonna do like uh top players breakout players we're gonna do um like the biggest play, game-changing plays, and then I mean, we don't know what we kind of decide is that you don't really know what to talk about until the game's over. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the result, you don't know what happened. So I think that'll be a big part of it. But we're gonna have some segments. Um, we're gonna close with like the top three takeaways that Sean's gonna provide, and you know I cover the team, so I'm knowledgeable from a team roster, uh, coach standpoint, and then Sean, who obviously doesn't cover the team, um, but he's knowledgeable from an X's and O's, kind of being in that room, being in the locker room, being in the huddles, um, playing for UNC. So we bring both bring very distinct perspectives. And so hopefully that will be entertaining. And then John also, John's a big fan and, and he covered the team and he kind of knows. So is John going to be work. like, I know he's, he's producing, gonna, he's, he's going to talk some. He's going to be off camera, but he is going to help guide the show with questions and, and gotcha. commentary. So uh, will there
1: be like fan involvement, especially since it's on YouTube where you can kind of do yeah, that a little YouTube bit Yeah, YouTube questions. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, we
0: got to get going, Don. People don't want to listen to this. But remember, Blue Shark Podcast is sponsor. They want to know about it. They yeah. want to know
1: about it. I want to know live. about it.
0: Inside Carolina post game Live immediately after the show on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be reading questions and comments from our YouTube page to make sure to subscribe to that. Okay, Don, uh, let's get into it. Travis Shaw committed. We were both there with our new video intern, uh, Kirsten Clark, and our photographer, Jim Hawkins, at Grimsley High School. This was now two weeks ago. Travis Shaw, the five-star defensive tackle, committed to UNC. We had the uh, instant reaction podcast, so make sure go listen to that in the feed. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if you might knew, but we did record that after, before the commitment. Uh, a Little the magic of po- give that away. The magic of podcasting, people could tell. Um, but that was just to have it ready to have the quotes ready to go. Um, so Don, after the commitment and, and having some time to kind of uh, think about it, what what does this all mean for UNC? What'd you think about the commitment? Let's get into it here briefly.
1: Yeah, I mean. I mean, I've said a, I said a whole lot on a lot of different things, including the, the emergency podcast. I mean, my position doesn't really change. Um, we had a the weekly scoop. We basically had a a uh, Travis Shaw takeover is what we actually called it, where it was mm-hmm. just a complete breakdown of what it means for this class um, behind the scenes on how it actually went down, how North Carolina was able to to beat out Georgia and Clemson in a very competitive recruitment. Uh, there was some, oh, the, the other thing, wh- which would just kind of happen naturally when I was talking to his high school coaches was just kind of giving me things beyond the fact, I mean, it's easy for anyone can look at Travis Hall, even someone who is nothing about football can look at him and say, he's six five, three hundred and thirty 330 pounds and moves really well. Um, but there's a, there, there's not a ton of people that, that are fit that, but there are, there are some, but what makes him a top five player in the nation? And they were able to give us just a couple of, of, um, different sort of attribute attributes or, or just things that they've seen from Travis that do truly set him apart. So definitely check if you haven't seen, read the, that weekly scoop, check that out. Cause it covers all of those angles. What, what for you? I mean, you're a greens, you're not only a Greensboro guy, you're a Grimsley guy. Yeah, I mean, I w- feel pretty happy, huh?
0: Yeah, it was cool. I mean, and then the thing with us, I mean, we've been following this recruitment for two years now. We probably started the podcast roughly two years ago, and he's been kind of on the radar. And it was always thought that Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, other schools would get in there. But I think it's a massive win for UNC, as we talked about. Um, I think my big takeaway was just how confident and cocky he is. In, in a good way, to some extent. But, man, he, he – excuse my French here. I mean, he knows – he's a shit, and he knows he's a shit. And he wants everybody to know he's a shit. Uh, which I mean, I think
1: about this, though. for the past really four years, because UNC offered him before his freshman year, or I guess three years, um, people have been kissing his butt.
0: I know. I mean, I don't, I have no issue with it. It's just, I mean, if you're going to, if you want my takeaway, that's what I took away from it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, some people, there were not, not a ton, but there were a couple posters who may mention of that also Who picked that up also. And I mean, really, he's a kid still, even though he looks like a grown man. And so you're giving, you're giving him all this attention. So naturally that's just going to happen. Um, because really, to be honest, when I first started interviewing him, I was, I marveled really just at how mature he was, you know, especially mm-hmm. com- compared to, um, uh, what's the kid over that was over at Dudley. Um, Oh yeah. As, com-
0: as side of mine, um, the Clemson, the Clemson guy,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, completely different maturity levels. Even though uh, Paige, Peyton Page Peyton um, Page, yeah, uh, was a year older. Um, but yeah, I mean naturally the attention and just being the star of everything, uh, kind of, kind of just. At his ego, basically.
0: Yeah, and it Pick was it a good it was a good moment for Grimsley in Greensboro. He has you know all his family there, all his friends. You saw a lot of UNC fans there. I mean, I had a buddy. Oh, yeah, there. a lot of UNC fans. I had a buddy who I graduated from Grimsley with, who still lives in Greensboro, went to UNC. He's an avid poster on Inside Carolina. He was there with his dad. So it was, was pretty Preston cool.
1: Preston from Greensboro there. I
0: have no idea. It was a big community uh thing. I would say what, maybe 300 people were there. Behind yeah, him. A good amount of people. Yeah. Um, cheering, chanting. Uh, so it was a fun scene, a lively scene. And much of that is because of how big of a deal this was, not only for Travis and his family, but for Grimsley and for UNC. Um, and, I mean, I'm pumped. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see how good he can be. You know, you're an interior interior lineman. It's not like it's a quarterback or a running back. You kind of see the stats. I and mean, he's going to be double teamed, triple teamed a lot. Um, so, you know, you never know truly how he'll turn out to be but uh he's got everything i think he needs athleticism size length uh weight I mean, he, you can tell i mean he needs to hit the weight room and kind of change some of that baby fat into muscle and so i'm I, i'm sure the unc strength conditioning program is jacked to get him in there uh mm-hmm. anything else to close up this chapter of the travis page uh, no i mean i think we've
1: covered it a bunch you know um obviously a huge commitment for north
0: carolina yeah i mean the biggest. Uh, behind maybe Sam Howe in this area. I think the fact that he's in state, that it's mm-hmm. okay to go to UNC now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it with Desmond Evans. We've seen that with Drake May, uh, Keyshawn Silver, Javari Ritzy, ra Rod Dilworth, the big names are, are committing to UNC. And this is the biggest in state yeah. um, after Sam Howe. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with uh, a lot of other recruits in state in the following classes and how Travis Shaw recruits the remainder of the 2020, 2022 class which segues nicely to our next segment. Uh, Don didn't want to talk about this because he said there's no updates, but I think no updates is worth an update. You said there's only four or five people at UNC's recruiting left in the 2022 class. We know that um, Andre Green, the wide receiver running back George Petaway and offensive tackle Zach Rice are the major targets out there for the Tar Heels in the 22 class, 2022 class. They're all Virginia natives. Um, Travis Shaw has been tweeting at all three of them. So Don, what uh, do you say about what's going on there? What can you tell us? Is there anything to report? Nothing to report. What does that mean?
1: So a couple other names just to throw out there. You know Benji Gosnell, UNC is still messing with, but now he's a Virginia guy because he transferred over the border to a Virginia school. Um, and then also Will Hardy. Wait, who was that? Who's that? That Benji Gosnell. Yes, we talked yes, about okay. him. We talked about him last podcast. Mm-hmm. And then Will Hardy, who's actually a Virginia committee, but he's um, from georgia he's a guy unc is messing with he's a db that was actually the most recent scholarship offer sent out by north carolina so yeah we're talking about five guys for the most part there'll be others and unc is still kind of looking around particularly for defensive backs we're kind of there are you know recruiting is definitely 365 but there are definitely kind of lulls in the calendar and this is one of them and we're towards the end of the dead period um actually actually Today starts the, um, the the live period, the contact period, where they can actually go back and visit schools. But they're going to most most um, recruits will wait until game. So you'll see you'll see guys at NC State on Thursday. You'll see guys in Charlotte for the Georgia Clemson game. Um, but um, but really, for the past couple of weeks, we've been in the dead period. Not a whole lot's going on. These kids are focused on their their senior seasons. UNC and other colleges are focused on getting their their teams uh, prepared. So there's not a whole lot of movement. It's just right now we're kind of waiting to see who visits, where coming up. Um, I checked in with these guys, no definitive plans. Well, green has some, some greens going to be in in Charlotte for the Clemson game. Um, And, you know, all these other guys have mentioned trying to visit North Carolina, but haven't really set a date. I mean, it's just, there's just not a whole lot going on for the, for really recruiting at all at this point.
0: Do you think the Travis Shaw thing moves the needle with these guys? I know they all were at tenants at the cookout together. They did that little TikTok Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't think, I mean, obviously it doesn't hurt, but I don't think it helps to any like meaningful degree. I really, really? don't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because you're talking about these guys, if you waited this long, you're not going to all of a sudden be swayed by what someone else did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you, mm-hmm. you take Andre Green. He's taken a very methodical approach to his recruitment, taking his visits. As he said, he took all of his all of his summer visits. As he said, uh, he has a, a bunch of plans to take a bunch of visits during this season. So I fully expect him to do all that. And he's not deciding till to the end. He's going to decide based off where he feels most comfortable. Petaway is a little bit of a wild card. I mean, you know what he's going to do. I think. I think he probably has an idea of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just going to make a decision whenever, um, whenever he feels like it. Um, I think he wants to make some visits, including an official to Oregon. We'll see if that actually happens. I Whether, whether um, Shaw came to North Carolina or not, I don't, I don't think that impacts Peta, Peta, what Petaway is going to do. Zach Rice, maybe, because they do have a little bit of a history, but they hadn't seen each other since, like, eighth grade. So how close can they really be? You know, And he's another one who's just kind of on the fence, hasn't really found where he feels most comfortable and is kind of looking for that. But the good thing for North Carolina is that it's an easy drive, as is Virginia, but the other schools in his top five are a little bit further away, so it's going to make it harder for him to attend games at those other schools, which gives UNC an advantage. And UNC has the official visit in his back pocket, whereas mm. the
0: other four do not. will be very interesting to watch. Um, those three will be huge. If they get three, then it goes against Don's, would you say, two out of the six or two out of the five that we did in that podcast a while back. So all eyes on Andre Green, uh, George Pedway, Zachary Ice, Benji Gosnell. Uh, Who the other one you said, Don? Um, will Hardy. Will Hardy, cornerback. Is it he's a safety? safety okay, yeah, cool. All right, we're gonna take a break now. We'll go to ad read time now. Johnny t shirt, do not fast forward. Johnny t shirt, giant shirt.com, guys. It is game week. We're pumped up. I'm on Johnny t shirt's website right now, giant shirt.com, and looking at all the football jerseys. You got the throwback jersey, you got the navy jersey, the pure Carolina blue jerseys, all Jordan brand. Check those out on Johnny t shirt and giant shirt.com. They're also promoting the new Nike Zoom Pegasus 38 running shoes. Which I think just released, limited quantities only. So check that out. Um, all your gear you want on Franklin Street at Johnny T-shirt and GiantTshirt.com. Remember, inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their order with um, the promo code found on the premium message board. So head to Inside Carolina, subscribe, get the promo code, and then Giant T-shirt and GiantTshirt.com. Got a home game coming. In two weeks, back-to-back home games, night games. Make sure you get all your t-shirts, sweatshirts, all your stuff from Johnny T-shirt and Giants.com. Support a great local company. Support us. Uh, help us do these podcasts with Johnny T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt.com. We're gonna run a couple of national ads. Be back to talk about Bishop Sycamore, some UNC football team discussion, and of course the uh, five 2023 names to know. We'll be right back with more of the scoop presented to you by giant t-shirt and giant shirtcom on the inside Carolina podcast network. All right, we're back. Don, you wanted to talk about this. This was kind of rocking Twitter and uh, social media and kind of the football recruiting world, the underworld of football recruiting, as we say. Bishop Sycamore played in a game against IMG that was aired on ESPN. There was some funny commentary. Uh, some A lot of weird stuff went on because his team was not real. Can you kind of inform us what sh- what happened and then go into your thoughts on it because I think a lot of people are familiar already.
1: Yeah, so um, kind it, it's just kind of a weird situation where, yeah, IMG played Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore claimed to have a bunch of um, FBS recruits. Turns out they don't have any. They have a bunch <laughs> of, of uh, 20 uh, year olds uh, who, who, for whatever reason, didn't end up playing college ball, whether it was academics,
0: whether it was uh, skill level or whatever. Um, so it's just kids. It's like 18, 19, 20 year olds who graduated high school or not. Maybe not even graduate high school. Well, we don't even
1: that, that's the thing. There's a lot of mystery still to that. <laughs> yeah. So so for the most part. Um, yeah. I mean, just a bunch of kids who are claiming to be big time recruits who aren't. And they just got completely smacked on ESPN. And it also came out later on that they played on Friday night, which brings up health concerns to have kids play on I said kids, they say some of them were like 20 and maybe even 23. Um, a lot of this is like, it kind of took on a, on a life of their own sort of imagination, but yeah. So um, people feel like ESPN was duped on this whole situation. This team should never play that. They, they're not even sure if these kids actually attend classes, it's mm-hmm. online classes. They can't, uh, um, Researchers couldn't find an ac- an actual address for, for this school. Um, <laughs> that was the, the more- funny
0: part. The more like the school digging, didn't exist, right? They didn't yeah. Have web, their website was like some crappy one-page thing.
1: Yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, if it, it, it's one of those situations where the more digging you do, you find out information, but then you find out more questions, sort of thing. Yeah. Like, apparently, the the coach had a program before this, Christians of Faith Academy, who actually played or um, tried to play IMG before, and then the coaches at IMG at the time, who are no longer the coaches now they kind of snuffed out that this fe- seemed fishy and they actually canceled like a week ahead of time. You know, and it's just, you know, esp the one thing I, I thought was kind of, ESPN wouldn't take any blame for this, kind of blamed it on uh, uh, Para- uh, Paragon who kind of books these things. Yeah, it was like but a th- booker
0: that sets up these yeah. games. I mean, I, yeah, I'll hang one second. I mean, the funny sure. thing was like, there's no vetting. Like ESPN yeah. ran this on ESPN, number one ESPN show, this big time high school game. Without vetting the team, and uh, like you wouldn't even think you'd have to vet. You think like, all right, I'm sending this big game. You should have, you should know the other team. Like the experts should be like, all right, we got this player from this team. They're both Florida teams, and there's all these studs. You know, they should have all these Division One players. It was just a lot of a lack of oversight. It's crazy.
1: The preparation for a broadcaster, Mm -hmm. the play by play or the color commentary, you ahead of time. I would assume that you are doing research on these guys so that you can. Talk about it. Yeah. Um, so to me, it makes me cure you wonder just how much research goes into at least the high school games. I mean, are are they just kind of winging this on the fly? You know, um, Lugan Bill was was the the color commentary guy. And it's like, why didn't he kind of say, hey, this is not matching up?
0: You know, yeah, you would think for that game, you'd probably prep, look, I don't know, three, three or four days, two days ahead of time, go through some names, make sure you have a couple talking points for some of these players. Mm -hmm we're profiling this running back, yeah. this linebacker. This guy has a George Tech offer. This guy has a, you know, Virginia offer. And obviously, I don't know if maybe they went in, not knowing that, or maybe they went in knowing it was not many prospects, but a lot of oversight on a lot of different people, but this thing, it was so funny how it ran on like, it wasn't U, It wasn't yeah. ESPN plus. It wasn't just streaming. It was on ESPN, ESPN. because IMG is a really big deal. Yeah, As we know, they have tons of big time recruits. So it was kind of like, you know, a big time college playing a really small team. There was no big time players, but, this, team didn't, this school didn't even exist. Um, yeah. And usually, when you, I mean, I've, I've been to many websites for schools. Uh, I was a teacher, and obviously, when I was recruiting, and like, there's a each school has a massive website with like, here's all the classes, here's all the teachers, here's all the coaches, here's everything, everything, everything. And obviously, this, this Bishop Sycamore had no, um, no website of any substantial, um, any substantialness. But
1: so, so the one thing I'll add, because we do need to move on, because this is not super interesting, but. Yeah. I wasn't all that shocked and maybe because there are a lot of these programs that exist. And I think what, why it went so viral was because the fact that those programs usually don't get on ESPN, like Bishop Sycamore was able to, but there are definitely a lot of programs with, with shady individuals running them that are able to, to take a lot of money and then they play for two seasons and then magically disappear Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like completely shocking. This is just an unfortunate thing. And and in particular, they take advantage of kids who, you know, post-grad kids, kids who come out of high school who weren't able to find a college home, who think that this maybe is the answer for them to play collegiately. And it's just an unfortunate thing that I don't know how you police it. There's just no possible way. But, um, you know, I I hate it for the kids, too, that get taken advantage of in these situations.
0: Let's read this quote by Andrew Ivins, who works for us, 24-7 Sports. He tweeted this out, went viral. He says, I've been reading so many stories on Bishop Sycamore today, This just a couple of days ago. So let me share this one. They played at a Fender on Sunday. That's originally a 2020 kid from Florida. The kid has reported over two dozen fake offers, showed up once to a seven or seven tryout and use a fake ID. His huddle, which is the video service is also fake. Amazing. Um, I remember that fake commitment a while back to uh, back in like California or Nevada, mm-hmm. a guy committed to like, a, a division one PAC 12 school and he was fake. So it's kind of a weird world, man. Recruiting is the, the underbelly of recruiting is a very, very dark place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. not the main reason, but it's one of the reasons why you just can't look at scholarships and, and that, and determine how good a recruit is. And I'm not saying, you know, that some of these recruits fake offers, I think the majority of them are legit or we're told that they were offered, mm-hmm. but even from the college's perspective, some of these offers aren't committable.
0: So just you have to take that information with, with a grain of salt. So okay, you ready to move into the team talk? Yeah. So guys, we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do team talk all through the season. Uh, like today, there wasn't a lot of recruiting news, and I think um, you know I cover the team every day. Well, uh, we got good feedback. I mean, uh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. All some for people it. liked it. Yeah. Yeah, and so well, you know we love the other podcasts. You got Vipulis's podcast. You got uh, on the beat with Gregory and Greg and Tommy got all the preview shows but this is a little little different perspective uh we do recruiting we also do team stuff don knows these players uh he knows his recruitments i know the players and recruitments and i definitely cover the team so don's gonna lead it and then i'm gonna uh, kind of flipping roles as host here
1: yeah so the the first question i have for you is actually i know you're not a betting guy okay but the line on this game has really kind of surprised me in the fact that I think it did move half a point yesterday, but even though if you check all those sites, I never know how legit they are as far as like how much money is being put on a side or how many tickets are actually put on a side, but according to those sites, all of them, the vast amount of money and tickets are being put on North Carolina. Which What's the would spread? Em- the spread, I was I was pulling that up now. It, it was five. I think it moved to five and a half yesterday.
0: Yeah, it opened around five. I'm uh, sorry, it opened around six.
1: Yeah, and then 6. It
0: dropped. 5, 5.5. And I think it dropped a little now I bit. I can't
1: now I can't find it. yeah, and then it dropped and then okay, so it's five and a half still. Okay. I'm just okay. So my question to you. So this is a non-betting question, but <laughs> the 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 last time that and this has happened before, but the last time I can remember it happening was last year. When North Carolina played Virginia, that line I watched and waited for it to move, even though all the money was going North Carolina never moved. And what happened in that game? Virginia upset North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm just being a conspiracy theorist here, but is is there something that the betting sharps know about either North Carolina or Virginia Tech that we don't, which is why this line will not is not moving?
0: So what well, moved a little bit, open at six and a half, six is down to five. But should if, mon- if, if all the money is on North Carolina, to me, I feel like that means the money came on North Carolina, right? If it went down. Well, if it went, if it
1: went, de- no, it means the money um, went on Virginia Tech. And it, so dropped it down to, to five. And then uh, but all the money is going to North Carolina, which which should mean that the spread should go up. Yeah. I like don't. I'm thinking that based off the money, that this should at least be, you know, a touch, North Carolina should at least be a touchdown favorite. And so, but it just surprises me that it hasn't moved um, a bunch.
0: Yeah. I don't understand what you mean the money's coming on Carolina. Where do you see that? So you can go on these sites
1: and they okay. can show you um, just how much money is being put on North Carolina.
0: I just thought the fact that it's been bet down means the money's coming in for Virginia Tech. They thought it, the yes. six and a half is so in- too many. They bet it down to five now, and now it's like kind of stabilized. Well, Isn't that so, how it works? I,
1: so <laughs> y- yes, but I so I started really, really following it like a few times a day, checking in on it. Okay, um, probably like a week or so ago, and from that point, that's when it was at stuck at five for a long time. But all since that point, all the money's been on North Carolina. Yeah, and so I'm wondering, are they valuing Virginia Tech's home field advantage? Because you know that's one thing that people have brought up is that home field advantage will actually be worth more this season because mm-hmm. all the players are used to n- no fans last season, or is there something that's going on at Virginia tech that maybe we're underestimating, or is there something at North Carolina, you know, a, a deficiency maybe, you know, with, you know, obviously you have Sam, so you can't point to quarterback, but maybe something somewhere else on yeah, offensive yeah. defense I mean, that
0: we're missing. Look, I'm the shark and, and I don't know, you know, I'm not inside the Virginia tech program, but I think they're looking at home for home field advantage. And you also look mm-hmm. at what UNC lost at running back and wide receiver, and there's just a lot of question marks there. There have been some injuries at wide receiver. Joffrey Brown, Bo Corrales, uh, I think Brown should be ready to go. Um, but I think there's some question marks at running back and wide receiver without proving anything. I think that's a fair line. I think UNC covers that. I think a cut touchdown, where it opened, six and a half, six, you know, close to seven is kind of where it should be. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a huge game. Max has going to be a fight. of course you say that. I think it's going to be a close game. I think there's a good chance to be a close game. I think the way UNC wins this and kind of pulls away is they get up early. Mac, uh, Sam throws a couple touchdowns, silences the crowd, and then they just rely on the defense to, to win the game, and, and Sam just does his thing. But if you keep Virginia Tech around in the third, fourth quarter, that's when the crowd will get even more involved, yeah. more rowdy, and that's when you get dangerous. So the key for UNC here is, is going up early, which I think they can. I don't think Virginia Tech is some crazy good team. Now, at this point in the season, you never know. You don't know who the good teams are, really. When you get yeah. to this level of like the mediocre teams in the ACC, you don't know if Virginia Tech's better than Boston College or Wake Forest or State or that kind of mid level team. I think we do know that UNC is going to be good, but who knows about Virginia Tech? I think they're kind of inverse relationships and in how the relationship, how the, uh, those two teams and those two programs are going. So I'll be interesting to see what happens this season with Virginia Tech. Um, what was I going to say something about? Oh, let's, I think we should go through the, the season too. You don't go through the, uh, the record or do you have a um, question? You have another question?
1: Yeah, I have a, I have two more questions. Okay.
0: Let's do those and then we'll go through the schedule okay. and we'll predict each game. Cause I was also oh. held off the uh, prediction podcast too last, last night.
1: Oh man. I wish I would have known. I are, are you, you going to predict or do I need to predict
0: or what? I'll you I'll go through predict and then you can okay. give your thoughts. You can predict too.
1: All right, cool. All right. Uh, other question. So, I am an avid Ross Martin fan, and so I was um, I was excited that he was asking a bunch of questions on the uh, the press conferences uh, yesterday. Or was it yesterday Monday the day before. Monday. Okay. Um, you you asked great questions about the receiver situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, Bo Corral is out, which is, yeah. you know, they were hoping that he would kind of help be that deep threat. So, what, what are we looking what, – what is it looking like on Friday as far as – just the pieces of, you know, who's going to, who's going to be deep threat, who's going to be this and, and all that sort of stuff, as far as the receivers are concerned, because obviously North Carolina has succeeded a lot with having at least a deep threat, um, you know, and some under, underneath guys.
0: Yeah. I think you turn to, if Chaffee Brown is healthy, they, the whole thing is he's faster than Dami. He proved that last year. So I think you have Brown, he made some big plays last year kind of across the middle going deep. I think Antoine Green, and they really like Justin Olson um, as the kind of another option who goes deep. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to have a guy like Dami Brown who can really just beat anybody and take the top off the defense. But I think one of those three guys is going to have to make some big plays this season for UNC, kind of maintain that wide receiver production. Um, I think Brown's done it. I think they've, they're really high on green so far this, this uh, spring and into the summer and into preseason camp. So look to Green, who arrived as a four star. He's long, he's fast. He looks apart, kind of putting it together mentally, which I think will help him. So those are the three names um, I like as UNC's deep threads. I don't think they play too many receivers. I think it's going to be Chaffee Brown, Justin Olsen, Josh Downs, um, Antoine Green. Am I missing anybody? Maybe okay. one other guy. Um, Oh, Emory Simmons. I think he's, Oh yes. Receiver. I think he's have a good year. Okay. I think he's gotten quicker and faster. forget about Simmons. Yeah. He's just a quiet guy. He he's probably produced more than anybody else in the roster outside of Bo Corrales. I think Emory Simmons has a great year. He's got sure hands. He's big bodied. He can go deep. I believe he's also kind of a possession receiver, but the word on him is he got a lot quicker and faster uh, in his third season at UNC. So I think Emory Simmons has a chance to be a really good receiver. I love him. He, he's just very technical, uh, it seems like a, a really sharp kid with a good head on his shoulders and he's kind of motivated to have a big year. This is his chance. You know, he was a big time recruit too. So those are the three or four or five names there. Um, they mentioned JJ Jones as well. I think Gosnell has a chance to get some reps too. So, uh, but I'm really pumped for Josh Downs. You know how they use Daz Newsome? Like Daz Newsome mm-hmm. was going deep as well. So yeah. I think they're going to use Josh Downs all over the field, even in some some, um, some backfield stuff too. He is just a elite kind of, dynamic player they're going to move all the way around kind of like they did with daz but i think he's better than daz and have a chance to to catch passes all over the field the um forget the next question a couple couple points um Emery simmons the things that surprised
1: me when, when they're talking about um they got faster and quicker as a recruit what i remember was that he, he had unbelievable spark rating um which is which, which is like 40 time and, and all that um and he's a coach's son his dad mm-hmm. is i think, the. Um, I can't remember he's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator at Southview High School. So that that's where the the technical stuff comes from. The one thing I remember, at least when I saw him, I was worried about his hands, but it seems like that has come around. The other point um, I want to mention, um, because we haven't seen him a, lot, a whole lot, is Justin Olsen, who, mm-hmm. um, and I did get asked this question on the Ask Don thread a couple of weeks ago, because right when he starting to emerge. But um, just to kind of bring back what I said was that, You know, he, the Charlotte community of high school football, very competitive. The coaches seem to hate each other. They hate (laughs) the the players on the other team. When you go there, you're going, when you go to a school, especially one of the powers, you're going to hear a lot of trash talking about some of the other powers, how they, how they recruit, all that sort of stuff. Very little, um, um, I guess, positive comments about opponents and their players. But a lot of opposing coaches particularly one who was at a powerhouse, a head coach at a powerhouse, spoke highly of Justin Olsen about how they could not stop him Mm -hmm. when they played North Mech. Also, one of his best games, if not his best game, it was a game that that really kind of turned North Carolina onto him, was against Mallard Creek. And Mallard Creek, for those who don't follow it, always has had really good defenses, really good, has, has had a great defensive coordinator trip stone for a long time. He left, but he, but, but during that time he was there, um, unbelievable talent and for him to have such a huge game against, against that team. And he's playing at North Mech, which doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, tremendous players comparatively speaking with, with mal Creek, it, but for him to put that sort of performance against Mal Creek speaks volumes to just the talented player he is. And, and so, um, UNC could be, in, you know, UNC fans could be in for surprise surprise. What type of uh, player that he ultimately ultimately becomes? And re- remember, he was a late bloomer, so uh-huh. maybe that kind of holds true also in his cl- uh, collegiate career. All right. So last question for me, from me to you, <laughs> is: It seems like we talked about the running back situation a little bit uh, before, but it seems like just listen to the coaches speak. Um, they kind of settled on like a three-headed monster: Chai Tandler, um, Caleb Hood, and DJ Jones. Where do you think the, the breakdown is going to end up being between these three?
0: Mm, great question. And it's really hard to answer that. I think they'll lean a lot heavy on Ty, uh, Ty Chandler to start, uh, you know, rolling out Caleb Hood as a true freshman against Virginia Tech. it's a pretty tall task. Um, we'll see how many carries he gets. Uh, so I think it might be the Ty Chandler show to start and then work in Hood and Jones um, as the season progresses. I'm sure those both those guys will get some snaps in the, um, in the season opener, but you know, yeah, like I said, it's gonna be tough to roll out a, a rookie who hasn't really played running back ever in a game against Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium. So I think it's gonna be something like 80 percent Ty Chandler. Look, I'm making this up. I mean, what do I know? I'm not I'm not in Longo's room. Um, so I think it's gonna be 80, percent 80 Ty Chandler. And then when he needs a break, bring in hood or maybe goal line hood. Uh, and then mix in dj jones but um so i'm not sure if it's a true three-headed monster right now it may be mid-season but uh ty Chandler's their guy um uh, they like him uh so we interesting see how he does because that's i mean that, a lot of how they do this season is going to depend on how the running backs kind of make up for the lost production with Javante and michael carter in the NFL okay you'll move to the schedule
1: yeah so do you want me to how about i give the games okay you tell me you tell me whatever you want to tell me however okay. you want sounds good it. i have it in front of me as well Okay, so first game Virginia Tech this Friday at Virginia Tech.
0: I'm going to go win. Now, if you so I was going to say much? this earlier at some point. If UNC loses this game, that's a massive loss. Um really? Virginia Tech has nothing to lose. I think I think it just it's a coastal loss. It's the start of, uh, of Sam House Heisman season. It's in Virginia Tech, which makes it tougher and it's a rival and those games have always been close. And so you know, I want to say win, and I think fans will say win, and I think ESPN's odds say win. But if they lose, man, this it just really hampers the season because then you have a kind of a boring home opener against Georgia State, and then you have Virginia, Georgia Tech. I mean, it's just like you need to start 1-0 against Virginia Tech. on. The, I think it just gets the season started, starts a Heisman campaign, prime time on ESPN on a Friday. It's a massive game. So UNC, I think, has a lot more stress – on their backs in this game than any other game, um, with with all the factors I just mentioned.
1: All right, so home opener, Georgia State. Thoughts? Oh, Georgia State win. Okay, uh, I think that though, UNC definitely will win, but this is not like a pushover team. I think they're a lot better than what people might realize. Just throw that out there. Yeah, there's there's all talent
0: right. down there. A lot of people that get overlooked by SEC schools and Division one schools, Georgia State. Okay. Um, Virginia, who has kind of been the bugaboo. This is also a home game. Yeah, home opener. Uh, not the home opener, but like the big ACC, home, ACC opener, yeah. home opener. Um, I think that's a win. I think the talent is is the differential in talent between UNC and Virginia is uh, becoming wider. But that quarterback's good to have there. He, he killed UNC last year. But There's going to be some um, retribution type feelings, I think. Do you worry, like, I feel like Bronco Mendenhall, who's one of those guys who always seems to outperform
1: any sort of, you know, metrics.
0: Yeah, what's the question?
1: Do you worry that that, that this could be another case of that?
0: I think he gets his team prepared, and they have a good veteran quarterback. And Mm -hmm. they probably, yeah, like you said, they do kind of coach or play above maybe their standard. All right, Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. Win, I think Georgia Tech is still a year or two away from getting that recruiting yeah. class to where they needed to be the the roster, where they need it to be. Um, but I like that coach down there. I hope, hopefully you, yeah, I do hope too. They, they stay with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. it'd be good to give, and they're not at this point yet,
1: but it'd be good to give, uh, Georgia some, uh, challenges uh, from the ACC and in, in, in the state of Georgia, but all right. Um, next game. And I actually think outside of maybe Walford, this might be the worst team North Carolina plays this season.
0: Who's this Duke? Duke. Yeah, I, Duke's on their last. I um, never
1: liked their the well I, Holgrim um, Gunnar Hol, Holberg. He's gonna he's supposed to be the starter, right? Yes. And I never thought he was very good in he's high a, school. UNC state guy, right? flirted with him a little bit. In guy went to a Heritage High School. Um, you know, he, he kind of was like a. God, he kind of was like a wannabe Johnny Manziel sort of thing, <laughs> but just didn't have like, I know yeah. I'm gonna get killed for that. Um, the, the two Duke fans that exist. Yeah. Um, well, I think Duke's well, on the
0: down, I think they're going downhill. Yeah. Um Cutcliffe, maybe on his, maybe on his lab. I mean, great coach, great guy, likable, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. They might need some fresh blood there.
1: He is the nicest head coach that I've ever met outside. I mean, I'm excluding North Carolina coaches for obvious reasons, but um, nicest head coach i ever met. Cutcliffe all right um one thing george tech
0: game is is in the mercedes-benz uh stadium okay which is an interesting wrinkle it's not on george tech's campus um it's in the big how much
1: all right what sort of factor do you think that
0: has i think you're i think you have a lot more carolina fans there i just think i don't know it's just a cool kind of thing they're not playing on george campus they're playing that massive building so it's a cool chance for fans to get in there get chick-fil-a inside the building (laughs) there and um it's just a different wrinkle you don't All have right. that at home advantage as much, I guess. All right. Florida state. This is a big game. I mean, I, I think Florida state's still a ways away, but they beat UNC last season, but then kind of fell off. I think they're still struggling with talent there. Uh, that's a big, another retribution game. Kind of, um, they lost a big game to them last year. So I think UNC wins that one. So right now we have UNC six and zero.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think Florida state's going to be better. I, I think North Carolina should beat them, but I think Florida state's going to be better this year. All right. Um, Miami. Now, this is the game that a lot of people are pointing to as you know the 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 game that determines the coastal.
0: Yes, huge game. And you know, I think UNC wins this game at home. I think it's you know okay. rocking crowds. If climbing. it was at, in Miami, what would what would you say? Probably a win still. Okay. I mean, I just think about how much UNC kicked their ass last year. Like, well,
1: that's it. that's always the the problem with Miami is they have tons and tons of talent, but have not been able to put make that talent w- make convert into wins. Yeah. So you're yeah. always kind of like, okay, is this going to be the year they finally get it? You know what I mean? So you never
0: know. So I think, um, I mean, this could easily be a game that UNC loses. There's a couple of toss-ups here. I think Miami, Notre Dame are, are two toss-ups for me. Um, I'm a, I think UNC, if UNC splits those, that's, that's a win for UNC. So I'm giving them the Miami win. I think there's going to be so much attention on this game. It's a, kind of a, exactly in the middle of their schedule. So any issues with wide receiver, running back, the experience in the uh, defense, all that will be kind of fixed by then for UNC. They'll kind of be in the swing of things, and that's you expect the team to be better uh, in uh, mid-October than they are September 3rd. But then again, so will the other teams. So
1: So, um, if I'm reading this correctly, after Miami, there's a bye and then at Notre Dame, just yeah. not, not only give me your your outcome, but also just those three weeks. How how does that kind of impact things for North Carolina?
0: Yeah, so obviously to recover and get that after three home games to get that bye week is great. To go into Notre Dame away, uh, it sets up nicely schedule wise for UNC. Whether they're coming off a win or a loss against Miami, there's gonna be full attention on Notre Dame. I, I think it's could easily be a top ten game for both teams, uh, at least top fifteen. Um, I'm going to give the wins to Notre Dame just because I think UNC doesn't go undefeated. And if there's, if you're going to pick a loss, um, it's going to be against a Notre Dame team. That's been recruiting very well has experience, and they have a new quarterback and they lost a lot of talent, but these teams just reload. Now I think UNC could easily, I think the spread might be three, four points. You know, I think it's a game that UNC can come in and win. I'm interested. I'm just interested to see how UNC's offense is at this point in the season, whether it just goes last year, if they're a little bit off, but see played them last year. There's going to be a little payback, I think. But, you know, if you're going to put money on it, I'm going to go with the Irish.
1: Okay. All right. So we go to Wake Forest. Or yeah. not to – North Carolina doesn't. We do. But it's in North Carolina. Wake yes. Forest.
0: Win. I'm not going to – there's okay. not much else to talk about. Wake right. Forest fan. When after you on I mean, Twitter. I'll never remember it. I'll never forget it. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, what's his name?
1: Their coach, another one that kind of gets the most out of his talent. Not worried about that?
0: I mean, I think just the difference in talent is, is going to give UNC the advantage. Uh, difference okay. in quarterback ability, difference in defense ability. Right now, uh, yeah, he has them ready to play. They're they're a good team, but I think they're going different directions. All right, so next game
1: at Pitt, yes. who I think is going to be better, better. Uh huh. And if I was, this would be my pick for maybe a trip up game.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that. So I think UNC loses two games. Okay, Notre um, Dame and Pitt. Yeah, or Miami and Pitt, or Miami and Notre Dame. They just pick your poison there. Um, right, I think Pitt on a Thursday on a short, short week mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, nighttime mm-hmm. game in November, it's going to be cold up there. I think it's an, e- it's an easy one to pick as a loss if you're going to throw one on there. Um, Pitt's always tough. They give UNC trouble. So if I'm going to pick kind of a slip-up game or a game where the underdog wins – uh, I'd go the, the Thursday night matchup on November 11th against the Panthers.
1: All right. So, Walford, uh, you know. Win. Okay. Uh, NC State. There's a lot of um, <laughs> positive buzz coming from NC State.
0: Yeah. I think State is going to have a decent season. I think they have a lot of returning players. But, I, I mean, you look at what UNC's done done in the last two seasons, and Sam is still there. You got to realize, guys, when you have the best quarterback in the nation at quarterback, that wins you yeah. a lot of games just yeah. when you step on the field. Um, and I think wide receivers running backs. So obviously the last game of the season will be in full swing there. So I think UNC it's at state. I think UNC could kill them. Um, <laughs> I, you look at the last two years, I mean, it's deflating. I mean, I think yeah. if you look at, there's definitely some talent differential there and UNC did lose a lot, but, um, nothing really scares me about state.
1: Okay. Clip right. that
0: John. Okay. Um, you good? <laughs> Any questions? What do you think? No. you think? What do you think? 10-2, 11-1, 9-3? No, I
1: like it. I like it. I was afraid you were going to go um, undefeated the entire <laughs> um, the entire season. But, no, I like it. I mean, you know, you're going to have some posters who are going to, you know, <sighs> you can't be realistic about things. And, you know, I mean, let's keep in mind, North Carolina
0: did lose to Florida State last year. And Virginia. And Virginia. Look, I think 10-2 is realistic. I think if you're going to have an over-under, it'd be set at 9.5 maybe. We probably should have checked that or before. Or maybe 10. We could look it up, but it would take too much time. Yeah. All right.
1: Let's go to
0: recruiting talk, right? Is that what we're doing? You yes. Guys, let me let me do a live read now about, uh, okay, about Blue Shark Vodka. And guys, this is an important sponsor. I want everybody to listen to this. Blue Shark Vodka is sponsoring our post-game live show that airs after every home game on Inside Carolina's YouTube. Instagram and Facebook channels. If you're not following us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, do that now. Um, It's Inside Carolina on Instagram, Inside Carolina on um, YouTube, and I think it's like something UNC 24-7 sports on Facebook. Guys, Blue Shark Vodka is out of Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a local vodka company that uses local um, heirloom variety of North Carolina sweet corn, It's considered the smoothest vodka in the world. I've had some recently. It's delicious. It's very well-priced. You can find it in nearly, not nearly, but almost every ABC store in North Carolina. They're really trying to capture North Carolina market. They're all over Greensboro, Charlotte, Raleigh, and especially in the Wilmington area. They're trying to take advantage of um, kind of that North Carolina local feel, Blue Shark vodka right out of Wilmington, right to Little Beach, North Carolina, locally made. With a very special distilling process, I'm going to spoke with one of our Connor Barth as a partnership with him. and he's kind of working with us on the um, on the sponsorship. And he sent me a couple cocktails to to preview. So every live read, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a different kind of cocktail. This one, you know, a little fruity, but that's all right. The good thing about vodka is you can kind of change the flavor of it with what you put in there. So two ounces of Blue Shark vodka, one. Uh, a little bit of cranberry juice, a little bit of fresh grapefruit juice, a fresh lime wheel, and a, a sliver of grapefruit. Hang on one second. I'm gonna bring the bottle over here.
1: Uh oh, you won't chug it. A little radio gold here, but I
0: got you won't Blue chug shark, it. Blue shark vodka right here, guys. It's very accessible. It's very local. They're sponsoring us, and we're gonna have a great partnership with UNC football, with Inside Carolina, and Blue Shark Vodka. Check it out where you get your alcohol. Uh, and they're going to be in most ABC stores in North Carolina. want to appreciate them for what they're doing for this podcast, for the entire Carolina podcast, and for the post-game live show. They're the title sponsor. All right, straight through now. <laughs> Let's get into it, Don. <laughs> the 2023 recruits that you want to talk about. I'm going to read each one. You give well, me let, me, a... let me
1: just give a quick little intro so people understand. Okay, got it. I, I don't want to say I picked these at random, but I kind of sort of did. So I don't want people, oh, why didn't you talk about this guy? Um, there's certain guys we've talked about in the past that we'll talk about again, and maybe, maybe next week or or next time or whatever. These are just some names that recently I did articles on or something happened with or whatever. Um, guys that UNC has offered all except for one are in-state guys. So it's just, just to kind of get you ready because really this is what we're, we're getting into. This is 23 class because the 22 class is, is almost done. So okay. go ahead. You want to read the first name? Yeah.
0: And so, guys, this is kind of how it always goes for me is I don't know these names at all. I know I recognize two of these names. And so as we transition out of the 22 class and into the 23 class, um, I'm learning these names as you are. And so this podcast kind of serves as that, as, as that vessel. Uh, Don has been on these kids for at least a year now, maybe more. And now they're becoming these guys we talk about almost every podcast. And these are just five that we want to point out that Don has written about recently. All right, Caleb Downs.
1: Yes, yeah, so, out of hang on,
0: I'm gonna preview my it. Bad. My uh, bad. Safety, six foot, one eighty-five, out of Mill Creek High School in Georgia, ranked number forty in the nation, so a very, very high four-star prospect. Number two safety, number three player in Georgia. It's an incredibly high-ranked kid. I borderline five-star. Don. Yeah. So
1: this is Josh Downs's brother, little brother. Um, if if you didn't didn't know that. Uh, So he's been North Carolina a bunch, mostly as a little brother, Um, although he did make a visit to Chapel Hill in late June as a recruit with his parents. We ran a story on him earlier this week that kind of breaks down that visit, breaks down his recruitment. (laughs) You know, basically, North Carolina is going to be a player in his recruitment until the very end. Whether he ends at North Carolina or not, it remains to be seen. I think this, this is going to be much more of a battle for unc than um then even josh's recruitment was uh, because he seemed to be really interested in the the powers the the, the basically the playoff, playoff powers
0: and this is dre bly's nephew too right
1: yes dre bly's nephew which is even more interesting because if he were to come to north carolina dre bly would be coaching him
0: yeah because he's, he's, he's a safety or corner
1: he's a safety so uh, i mean okay. not exactly but yeah they'll be together a lot
0: Alabama, Florida State, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, among others. All right, moving right along. Chris Culliver, uh, wide receiver, 6'3", 175, out of Maiden, North Carolina. And he's ranked by 24-7 sports as the number 58 wide receiver, number nine player in the state.
1: Yeah, so I believe that he is severely underrated as far as rankings are concerned you got to take the rankings right now for the twenty-three class with a grain of salt. There's so much, so many variables involved. There's so much jostling going on and all that. But um, I mean, I think this kid is a stud. I think, um, you know, he has everything that you want from a physical standpoint. He's a super intelligent kid on top of that. You know, he plays with the Carolina stars. So he gets a lot of exposure to top talent. Uh, He plays at a small school, but it's just outside of Charlotte. And really to be honest, I mean, you know, I, I think North Carolina is in the driver's seat here, and this kid could be looking to decide sooner rather than later. There you so have definitely it. Definitely a name to make sure to make sure you know. I mean, he, he named North Carolina's leader in a update I did with him earlier. Well, it wouldn't be earlier this month, but last, last month.
0: And Maiden is, you say, outside Charlotte. I mean, it's about an hour, 45 yeah. minutes from Charlotte. Yeah, uh, I can it. 321. Yeah. Um, it's kind the of big, below Hickory. The
1: biggest, smallest uh, football town is their nickname.
0: Love it. Uh, right north of Lincolnton where Chaz Stratt went. So between Hickory and Lincolnton and, and northwest of Charlotte, that's a new town for me. Made North Clam. All right, moving right along. We got Chris Peel out of Providence Day High School, a cornerback. This is cornerback. Six foot 175 and unranked right now by 24-7 Sports.
1: Yeah, so this is another guy that I kind of throw in the same bucket as Chris Culver, as far as UNC is probably the the favorite right now, and he's an absolute stud. Great size, he's not as tall. I think Culver is like six three, um, but Chris Peel is is six foot, one hundred seventy five pounds, has tr- legit track speed. You know, UNC initially was going to wait until seeing him in camp to offering offer him. But then after kind of checking some things out, just was like, we, we can't wait any, any longer and I actually offered him towards the end of July. He came, he came for a couple of visits to North Carolina, including the, the Carolina cookout. Um, I think, you know, once more of his film gets out, he's going to get more offers and he definitely needs to be ranked at some point.
0: All right. Great. Chris peel and two more Jamal Jarrett, a defensive lineman out of Grimsley high school in Greensboro. 6'4, 330. Great big frame. He's ranked 285 in the 24 7 sports composite, number 17 offensive tackle, number seven player from North Carolina. He transferred recently from Smith High School to Grimsley.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people are going to think, oh, you know, he's at Grimsley. It's going to help North Carolina. Him and Travis don't know each other, or I, they know each other. They're not super close. They're not enemies or anything, but they're just not super close. <laughs> um, so I don't think. I mean, obviously, Shaw will help. It's not going to hurt, but I don't think it's going to help uh, help so much. But um, I think, you know, UNC was the first one to offer him, and I think that right there alone puts North Carolina in a really good spot. This is a kid, when you see him in person, you are just like, oh, my God. He I mean, because he's he's every bit of 6'4", 330 pounds, but he doesn't, Hold a lot of the body, the the baby fat that we always talk about with these big linemen moves really, really well. The biggest problem with him is, is he hasn't really been coached up until the time he transferred into Grimsley. He's going to, I think he's going to blow up and he's starting to, he got a bunch of texts at me this morning with, with all of the schools that reached out to him. And the list was very, very, very long, has a Mm -hmm. bunch of scholarship offers already a four-star kid. And like I said, North Carolina's a great spot. I think he visited North Carolina by far more than any other school this past summer.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you have a really good relationship with him. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean he's um, he's kind of my buddy. Um, he's one of the he's my guy for this class that that definitely you know texts me a bunch. So and he's tagging um, great. In tweets he, and stuff. He, yeah, I mean he's and he's a great kid. He's a great kid. When you talk to him, you kind of realize okay, he, you know he looks like a grown man, but he you know he's a he's a kid. You know another <laughs> uh, great student also,
0: um, which which is always key. All right. And wait, and so back to Jamal, I don't know if you mentioned this, but is he we're getting recruited by UNC at, at, as a lineman, offensive lineman or defensive lineman? So they're just lab- labeling him a lineman. Okay. And so I'm, I kind of go back and forth
1: on this. I'm leaning back towards defensive line now, but I mean, I could see some film from this Friday and then think, okay, maybe he's an offensive lineman because that's, he's playing that a lot um, more at Grimsley. I
0: think he's playing defensive line at Grimsley right now. Yeah. Shaw yeah. is out.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah. yeah. So so, check, your,
0: check your sources there, please. <laughs> I
1: will. Um, but, yeah, so he's playing both ways, though. Um, but the, the one practice I saw, I mostly played offense. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're right. I mean, he's playing a lot, especially with, with Travis out. So it's going to be interesting once Travis comes back, what, what yeah. they do with him. God,
0: can you imagine defensive line with those two guys in the middle?
1: Oh, uh, that's crazy.
0: And then, like, yeah. ugh, I wish they had put Shaw at guard some um, and, and then put Jamal Jarrett at tackle. What's all, crazy is,
1: so they have those two guys. And this will make you happy as a, as a Grimsley alum. The third, they have a three man line. The third guy has offers from Coastal and App State, which obviously not Power Five, but those yeah. are legit group of five programs. You, you
0: said a defensive lineman? Yeah, defensive lineman. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And finally, and this name I do know, and I think a lot of uh, UNC fans and subscribers are going to know this name Rico Walker, the uh, edge position guy out of Hickory High School in Hickory, North Carolina. 6'3", 233, ranked 146 in the 24-7 Sports Composite, number seven edge player, and number three player in the state of North Carolina. I know he was one of the guys that impressed you most at the most recent, um, what's the camp that UNC does? Show, showtime camp. Showtime camp. Freak show camp, showtime camp. Okay. Rico Walker.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, he's another guy. He has all the physical tools. Still trying to put it all together. They just got a new coaching staff over at Hickory. I think that's going to help him in his development. Uh, this is going to be a battle, I think, um, for his, with his recruitment. His dad played at Auburn, so there's definitely some SEC um, love from that family. Uh, but North Carolina has done a really good job. It's the only school to get him on campus multiple times this summer. And they actually got on campus three times. And uh, you know, we had an update on him earlier this week also. It goes into detail, just his mindset. Um, as far as recruiting is concerned, he will not say favorites. And I really think he is kind of open and he's really interested in some of these outside schools and wants to visit them. So this, this is, gonna, I think this is going to be a battle, but North Carolina is definitely a major player in this recruitment.
0: Okay. And that wraps it up. Some uh, 23 names to know, 2023 names to know uh, as we kind of move into that class. Cause as Don said, as we talked about, there's only three or four five guys UNC is really going after in the 2022 class a lot of them will sign and enroll in December, enroll in January. And then the final signing period will be in February.
1: Yeah. And if you, if you guys like that segment, make sure you let us know in the the thread. I mean, if you don't like it, let us know also, and we will try something different. We were just trying to have, have something to talk about recruiting wise in this uh, kind of boring period right now.
0: Yeah. Hey, Don, I think we have to wrap here. Uh, okay. We have to do the life advice question next. We're kind of putting these off, but um. There's news breaking left and right. UNC released their uniform combo. Um, I got to get back to work. We had a good, long podcast there with a lot of good intel. Uh, Love the comments everybody posts on the message board, whether that be about team stuff, about recruiting stuff, about Don, how funny he looks, Bishop uh, Sycamore stuff, anything. We always appreciate feedback uh, if it's good. All right, Don, anything else?
1: No, just uh, I look forward to watching you on Friday night.
0: Yep. Again, guys, post game live show immediately after the game, you know, five minutes after we're going to go live on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, but YouTube's the only one that's gonna be our priority for uh, for questions and comments. And remember our, our sponsors for the podcast is Johnny t-shirt gianttshirt.com, and our new post game live sponsor is of course blue shark vodka right there. They have three different bottles. The smoothest vodka in the world, partnering with Inside Carolina. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing